Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. We're continuing series entitled Becoming Alive in Jesus Christ, and I will be addressing Colossians chapter 3 this morning. Pastor last week spoke to us about a man named Epaphras. He was an example of becoming alive in Jesus Christ. He was a man that professed Christ. He was a man that prayed fervently, and he was a man willing to be imprisoned due to his faith in Jesus Christ. Um, The week before that, um, I spoke a little bit about the deceitful philosophies and the religious legalism that the Colossian church faced. Um, I've been told since then that it caused a lot of conversations in Colossae, and it also caused a lot of conversations here. I was told that many, uh, from many young people, uh, I got texts as soon as I got home that that's what they talked about on the ride home from church. Um, Many told me they were bored during the Super Bowl, so they talked about the sermon. (laughs) Uh, It was talked about in life group meetings, at dinner tables, and I'm going to be honest with you right now, I don't like being the center of these kinds of conversations, but I understand that the text was provocative. It was a very provocative text, and perhaps my explanation touched a few of our nerves, So as I prepared for Colossians chapter 3, I realized once again, uh, if you've read Colossians 3, I am am heading into treacherous waters again. Um, So before I teach this passage, uh, I want you to know two overall tensions that I hold in my heart before you this morning. One is I love our church. I love the families of our church. I pray for you all, just like Pastor and Pastor Andy, alongside them. I love each of the, the families of our church. Um, and so my preference on a Sunday morning is to comfort you with the word of God, to give you hope, to give you a, a massage, if you will. That's my preference. But secondly, I love and I honor God, and I am his servant, and I never want to disobey him. So there are times that the word of God, the text that has been chosen, is very sharp. And it is meant for correct, correction and rebuke. And if I preach it in any other way, I would be dishonoring God. It feels less like a massage and more like a surgery. I'm telling you, this is not my preference. But it is my calling nonetheless. Remember, in James 3, when I stand before God in heaven, I will be judged more strictly for being a teacher of the word of God. I will need to explain my actions when I bring, teach this word in front of you. Hebrews chapter 13 says, as a pastor, I've been charged. We all as pastors have been charged to overlook your souls. And we will be held accountable in heaven for what we teach in front of you. So due to that, please know that teaching, that teaching the, the word of God up here, I take very seriously. I assure that it's theologically accurate. I make sure it's doctrinally aligned and it's well researched before I come up here. So there will be times like today, unfortunately, where the text will be sharp, but I have to teach it the way it is written. It will feel like a surgery, but at the end of the day, my hope is that we love God more, that we admire each other more, and that totally as a church, Metro Church will be healthy a healthy church that can impact our city. Amen? Amen. I hope you understand my heart. Let's get into the text. Colossians chapter 3. Remember I told you, 
Colossians 2 was controversial. Colossians 3, also controversial. Colossians 2 gave us freedom from things. Colossians 2 gave us freedom from things. Colossians 3 gives us freedom to do certain things. Freedom to do certain things. The question we have to ask is, Paul, you've set us free from all these philosophies and customs and religiosity, but free to do what now? January 1st of 1863, Abraham Lincoln stood before the nation and made the Emancipation Proclamation. It stated this, all persons held as slaves are and henceforth shall be free. Freedom, finally, for an entire subjugated people group. The slaves celebrated across the country. Life for a moment was filled with utter jubilation and rejoicing. Uh, historians have said there was, there was just such a loud noise of praise during the weeks to come. But after a while, the responsibility of freedom began to rest upon all of them. Freedom to do what now? One man said he was proud of freedom, but he was afraid to own it. It is a new kind of danger to be a free man in a world that you don't understand. Now, there is a new way to live, but do I know it? I only know the way of a slave. In our Christian life, the same thing happens to us. All our shackles have been removed. But the only way we have learned to live life was with those shackles. But we have been released from philosophies, no longer shackled by religious legalism. But do we know how to live? Do we know how to live? Paul understands, yes, I've told you freedom from. But now let me take chapter 3 to tell you freedom to. In newfound freedom, the end of this text says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Church, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Let's read Colossians chapter 3. Let's start in verse 1. I'm going to read it. It's very important for you to hear this text. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ, is, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must get rid of all of these things, such as rage, anger, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Friends, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have to put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of our Creator. There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all of these virtues put on love that binds together in perfect unity. 
Church, Paul is reminding us there are two important things that we are free to do now. What are we free to do now in this text? Number one, in verse 1 through 11, we are free to put off our old self. Put off our old self. Number two, verse 12 through 17, we are free to put on the new self. Put on the new self. The main idea this morning is this. Yes, you are free, but free to do what? That whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Amen? Let's look. The next thing I want to quickly say real quick is all this talk about freedom. And we all know where Paul is in prison. He's telling us what you're free from. And he's telling us what you're free to do all while wearing chains. He tells the church at the very end, remember my chains. That means as we are free for Jesus, that might mean that we have to submit our will to his will. We may want to live a certain way, but our life might end in chains. But even while in chains, we are free in Jesus Christ. All right, verse 1 through 11, we are free to put off the old self. This is what Peter says at the very beginning. He addresses your heart and your mind. He says, what is happening in your mind and your heart is of utmost importance. In our community, that's called mindset. Mindset. You are to live with the mindset that has been made alive in Jesus Christ. Paul is basically saying, if your inside doesn't change, it does not matter what you do on the outside. You could fool all of us, but God knows what is on the inside. After the mindset is changed, the next thing you're to do is conduct a funeral. After your mindset changes, the next thing you are to do is conduct a funeral. It's time to put to death your old self. Like Pastor said last week, it is not to imprison or incapacitate your old self. You have to end that person. Exterminate your old self. How do we, what are we supposed to put to death? Our earthly nature. That earthly nature must be killed. Okay, some of you are looking at Pastor Pastor two weeks ago. You said, I don't have to listen to rules anymore. You said, I don't have to touch, or don't touch, don't taste, don't look. All that doesn't matter. It's, so what is this? This is nonsense. Good question. Good question. If you try to follow the rules and customs made by dead people, as a dead person, you are dead. But when you come to Christ and you become alive, for the first time, your view, your taste, your desires have come to life and have been changed by the Spirit of God. So guess what? You have to put to death your old ways because a new person is growing in you. Here's the thing about your earthly nature. It wants to come back. And if you let it, it will come back and kill you. So church, I know this is a tough thing to say. You must kill it before it kills you again. Here's the great paradox. I have been made free in Christ, but I choose discipline. I have been made free, but I choose discipline in my life. Not my will, his will is the way we live now. Christ's salvation is free, but discipleship will cost me everything. 
Christ tells me to come and die, and I bear my cross every day. But what are we supposed to put to death? This text makes it very clear. What are we supposed to put to death? First, sexual sins and idolatry. God's wrath comes upon these actions. Church, we have to take very seriously this list of sins. The pattern of this world is to inundate us every single day. To warp our tastes around sexuality and idolatry. Even at Metro Students this past Friday, we had to talk about how media has totally reshaped what we think about love. Lust and idolatry are basically indulgence and worship. Why does the world care so much about these things? It's because human beings were made to be joyful and worshipful. So the enemy will do its best to ensure that you can do both of these things without God. So if you can indulge and you can be idolatrous, you can look to heaven and say, I don't need you. I don't need you. Be careful to put this person to death or it will take root. Another list. Right after that, he mentions another list. What does he say? Anger, bad temper, meanness, speaking ill will, profanity, lying to one another. Yikes. <laughs> Church, you're looking at me you're like, well, you know, I get the first list. We should not do that, Pastor. I'm not into that. It's bad sexuality, idolatry. We're not that. But the second list? Come on, Pastor. It's not that bad, right? It's, these are little sins. Little sins. I mean, lying, getting mad. Paul makes it clear that this old nature, you have to kill it. You have to end it because that is not you anymore. So many of these actions in the second list have to do with our tongue. Have you noticed that? Have to do with our tongue. And James reminds us that your tongue, my tongue, is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Beware, church family. Can we look back? Even let the Holy Spirit right now make you look back at the inventory of what we have said or typed this past week. Anger, ill will, hot temper, profanity, twisting the truth. If we are willing to look back and look at our life, who is leading our life? Your old self or the new man that Jesus Christ is bringing to life? When I was three years old, my little brother was born. Uh, it was a very interesting day in my life. They brought this little creature to my house. And my parents love to tell this story. I don't know why. It makes me look so bad, but they tell it to everybody. It's like new people come to our house. A pastor from India, oh, let me tell you about my son. When my, we brought our youngest home, he was only three years old. And this is what I did. I gathered my parents and my uncles and aunts in the living room, and I said to them, this is my house. These are my toys. This is my life. And this new kocha baby that you have brought, he can have one room. I can't believe I said that. And I said, everyone understand, like I, like a, like I was some kind of commander. Let's analyze this small fellow. Um, where did I learn this? Where did it come from? Even at such a young age, a small toddler of three years old, I loved my stuff more than my brother. I love my control and my life, and out of my mouth, I was speaking jealousy and ill will at three years old. This is our human nature. I know if you saw me, he's a, he was a cute little kid. My face was cute. I was angelic. I mean, I can say that. He was cute. I don't know about me now, but the three-year-old version of me, man, he was cute. 
out of the mouth of the three-year-old, you can see a human nature. It looks cute at three, but if you don't kill it, it will grow. It will get stronger, darker, more evil. That same root is the thing that breaks up families, destroy marriages, breaks apart churches, and causes war. It must be put to death. Church, what is happening in Ukraine right now is nothing more than the full-grown version of what was in me as a three-year-old. If we do not take this seriously and put it to death, it will mature into full fruit, wage war, violence, and depravity all over the place. Church, we have to examine ourselves. Paul is making it very clear. Please hear me. I'm not trying to give you any more new rules because we are free. But Paul is trying to upload a brand new operating system. I'm not giving you new rules. I'm giving you a new way to be human. Because before we were dead. Now as alive, we act totally differently. When we see people each week in our work, in our family life, as we live day to day, do people know, man, that sister, that brother, they have killed that old self. I can see it in their life because whatever we do, please, church, we do it for the glory of God. Amen? Second thing, not only we put to death the old self, but we have to put on the new self. The other point that Paul makes in this chapter is, yes, we got, we got to put off this, we got to put on this, but before you put on your new clothes, not only do you have to have a change of mindset, but you got to know who you are. What does he say? What does he say in the text? You are dearly loved. You are God's chosen people. So before you can put on your new clothes, you got to have a new identity. Who are you? You are God. When you were made alive, you are God's chosen people. When you walk around the DFW Metroplex, you are God's chosen people. You are dearly loved and made holy. Everywhere you go, you have been made holy, set apart. Who are you? And whose are you? That we must know before we put on our clothes. Because you guys know, you can put smart clothes on a fool. And he is still a fool. Just looks good. You can put lots of makeup on a mean person. But man, they're still hard to look at. Why? Because inside change has to happen before outside change. If you are dead, you want dead things. But if you're truly alive and you know you are loved and you know whose you are, you're going to desire the new self. What are we supposed to put on? When we're ready for that desire, what do we put on? The text says what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. This is who the new person is. Again, I'm not giving you rules. I'm giving you a new way to live. A new way to live. One word can change a circumstance. You guys know that? You know how if you were living like this, you know how your presence actually changes atmospheres. You're just a loving person. You're a kind person. Uh, one example, um, yesterday my wife and I, and she's in children's church, so I can say this. Don't tell her anything. Um, 
we were uh, shopping, we were grocery shopping, and, uh, and we were in line at Walmart, and there was this, uh, I love being checked out uh, by African-American women. Oh, not checked out, I mean like, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm okay, right? This is not on live stream. Okay. Uh, while, uh, while grocery shopping, let me start over. While grocery shopping, we went through a line where you check out your groceries, and there was a woman there, and she said to my wife, and she looked at Sophia, she looked at Bettina, and she looked at my wife, and then looked at Sophia and goes, oh, is this your younger sister? And Bettina said, no, wow, I'm her mom. The cashier said, oh, I thought you were just 20 years old, you know, and then she looks at me and JT and then just looks back at my wife and daughter. And Bettina said, you made my day. That's the nicest compliment I've ever had. You know, and as a husband, you're like, I've said nicer things than that. One phrase, church, one phrase, one phrase can really change someone's day. It can really change someone's perspective, even about themselves. A person full of gentleness, kindness, compassion, patience. You can tell when they're around. They change the atmosphere. We are in an everyday moment in Walmart. But when the new man comes to life in that place, it becomes a holy place. People's lives change. Their perspective changes. Paul says, you got to forgive one another. You have to forgive one another. You have to bear with one another. That is a tough thing. I can almost be like, I can forgive you and then, you know, maybe then forget you, you know. But Paul said, nah, you got to keep that person around. And you need to bear with that person. You have to bear with that person. Brothers, can we forgive each other? Sisters, can we let go of some of those things? Forgive just as God has forgiven you. Ooh, church, this is a new way to live. Forgiving others around you. And above all, living such a loving life that people can experience the love of Jesus Christ in you. When you live like this, the peace of Jesus Christ begins to surround you in your life. Oftentimes when we think about we don't have peace in our life. Our immediate first step is to look at all our extraneous or external circumstances. Why don't I have peace? Oh, it's because of him, her, this, my boss, the work, ah, cousin. Thankfully, none of my family goes here, so I can do that. We always point at other things. But there's something about putting on your new man. And when that person comes to life in you, that these external things don't actually dictate your peace. It is the peace of Jesus Christ in you, and you begin to change the circumstances everywhere you go. You find that peace goes with you. The peace of Jesus Christ goes into various places. You'll notice family reconciling when you show up because of the peace of Jesus. You notice that people that have had long, deep-seated hurt, when you come and pray for them, years of aggression melt away because it's the new man inside of you. Let the peace of Jesus Christ reign in us. We gotta put on our new self. We gotta put on our new self. It's interesting, it says whatever you do, do it 
for the glory of God. Essentially what this means is that every place that we go, we wear his brand. We wear his brand. This is way deeper than just putting stuff on the bumper of your car. You know, or wearing the latest cool church gear. It's way deeper than that. When I live my life, Jesus can put, at the end of the day, Jesus can put his signature on it. He can put his signature on it. That everything I did today, I did it for the glory of God. Everything I did today, I tried to do for the glory of Why? Because I was once dead, and now I am alive in Jesus. It's easy to forgive one another when we know the way God has forgiven us. Look, yes, I know. Maybe you have wronged me, but I killed the father's son, and the father pardoned me. How much more should I pardon you? If we live with that kind of posture towards heaven, to realize the immense amount of grace and mercy that flows from the heavens towards us, that is the same thing that we will reroute to those around us, church. You see, Colossae, as a church, they were rocked to the core. I can't imagine them reading chapter 2 in front of everyone. Everyone's like, oh, man, I'm so mad. Mm. Then they come the next day. Then he reads Colossians 3 in front of them. They're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is the way I have to live. Did you know in Colossae, it was a town full of protests, full of anger. There, there were small sects of young men that were wanted revenge. They were plotting. They were full of indulgences and idolatry. And now they heard a new way to live. Church, we live in a similar, similar place. Our streets are full of protest. People are mistrusting of one another. We have been the most polarized I have ever seen society. I'm even afraid of like putting anything online. If I say I'm praying for Ukraine, I might get something to DM. Oh yeah, you know what happened to Ukraine? You know who you are? You're praying for, I'm like, oh man, I was just praying for peace. We live in a, such a polarized community. But all it takes is for some of us to put on the new self and walk into places and we'll experience that the peace of Jesus Christ will become down on people and reconcile people together. Are you willing, church? Can we just say that lust and indulgence and idolatry is a thing of the past? Violence and anger and lying and using my mouth for those things is a thing of the past. But radical friendship, compassion, gentleness, sacrifice and love is my new way of living. Church, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. We are free, but with our freedom, we choose to give our life away. We are free, but with my freedom, I choose to give my life away. Church, let's move into a time of reflection as the worship team comes up. Could you just close your eyes? Could you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart right now? Let's examine. Are we wearing our old self as indulgence and idolatry? taken over our lives as anger and lying taken over our lives brother sister we just look back and just say God for those things I said this week for those things I texted for those things I put on social media God forgive me forgive me for letting my old man try to come and take over me church put it to death kill it be alive in Christ kill the old self
Church, are you wearing the new self? Are you filled with compassion and kindness, forgiveness and love? Has that become your mode of operation? Put it on because you know who you are and you know whose you are. We are his people. So from now, from now on, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Every action, every word, every thought, everything we do, we do it freely under the Lord Jesus Christ. We are free. But with that freedom, we give our life away. Father, we thank you, Jesus. With this, with this truth, God, rest upon our hearts, God. I pray that no one would hear more rules or regulations. I pray no one would hear any kind of deceptive philosophy, but instead they would hear a new way to be human, a new way to be a part of the family of Jesus, to be able to say that I wear his brand everywhere I go. And at the end of the day, Jesus, you would be able to put a signature on my day. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, would you stand to your feet and let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.